Ladies and gents, uh, welcome back for another Engineers podcast. We have Antoine van der Lee here today, who's a staff engineer at WeTransfer in the iOS team. Hello, mate. How are you? That's right. Hello. I'm doing good. How are you? <laughs> yeah, very good. Very good. Um, kick us off and give us a bit of a background into um, you and WeTransfer. Yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, I'm an iOS engineer at WeTransfer for about four and a half years right now. Quite a long time, if you think about it. Um, yeah. But there's a, there's a good reason for it, because I love uh, working at WeTransfer since it's a really energetic company, um, which, you know, it's quite a unique company. It's Dutch. Uh, I'm Dutch, too. I'm, fr- I'm from around Amsterdam, yep. which uh, gives gives a connection by default. Um but yeah, I mean, uh, WeTransfer is a great company where we're like, uh, we sometimes say we uh, develop products for creatives, yeah. by creatives, since we are creatives too, in many ways. Um, and, and the best thing I like is that we try to support artists um, in, in many ways, right? So by, by our tools like WeTransfer.com as well as Collect yeah. and Paste and Paper, um, but as well by giving away um, almost 30% of our ads uh, real estate to raise awareness for artists, and uh, I think that's simply uh, simply unique and such a nice message we can send throughout uh, the company. So at betransfer.com, you see beautiful advertisements, which yeah. is unique in a way too. Um, but you often also see like art from artists yeah. uh, that we don't get any money for, but we do support artists, which uh, I think is uh, is quite unique in this space. Yeah, good. Uh, tell us a little bit about that last five years then. Uh, and and your journey through to staff engineer just help us understand that that'll set the scene quite nicely yeah totally um so i think four and a half years ago it's it's funny how i joined we transfer actually because i was called like 24 hours before a conference took place to replace somebody that got sick yeah and, uh, while i was performing my, uh, my my talk there my first conference talk i was quite nervous um somebody was in the audience from we transfer and uh, he asked me to come over for for a coffee, you know, yeah, uh, and that's how it all. You just started. didn't know you were being hired. No, I was like, oh yeah, that's fun. Uh, let's let's look how the office at WeTransfer looks like. Uh, but yeah, you know, the rest is history. Uh, it's what they say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when I joined, um, it was mainly WeTransfer.com. We didn't really have any other products, and uh, Collect was just getting started. And it was kind of my my responsibility to kick it off the the whole building of the mobile application together with. Uh, three other engineers. Yeah, at that point, it was a simple table view with just text. You know, it, it, you couldn't really name it an application in many ways. And I think one year later, um, we released the first version as WeTransfer. And yes. we got back a lot of confused users because they expected WeTransfer.com in an application. Right. Um, but yeah, it was Collect. And Collect is a different product in many ways where I think the best explanation is that WeTransfer.com creates transfers of files, yeah. Uh, but it's an immutable transfer, right? Okay. You create it, you send it forward, and that's it. Whereas in Collect, you can create a board, which is also kind of a transfer, yeah. but it's mutable. You can share it with everybody, and those gotcha. people can join you as a collaborator uh, and add m- many other files to it as well. Cool. Um, yeah, and that, that evolved over over the past four years to uh, to being a real... Uh, product of the, the WeTransfer suite in many ways. 
Okay. Uh, talk to us a little bit about that tech environment then. So you joined, it, it was already starting to be formed, if you like, or product functionality being defined, built, etc. Uh, give us an understanding of technical landscape and how maybe that's evolved as well with, with you being in the team and being so prominent in Collect. Yeah, it, it, it's it's funny because over... I think the first three, four years, we were kind of like finding out who we are as a product within we transfer yeah. within the app store in many ways. So we didn't really move that fast, I would say. You know, okay. we, we stayed consistent with three engineers. Um, we were kind of our own company within the company, I would say. So we could make our own decisions, make decisions based on features and stuff. Um, but I think the most interesting part happened this year where we got more serious into developing both Collect as well as uh, another recently launched app uh, dedicated to WeTransfer.com, yeah. which is funny because it makes the distinction between what is WeTransfer.com and what is Collect, right? We really yep. got our own um, um, place Identity. in the whole product suite. Exactly. So um, at that point, we needed more engineers because we got another application. Yeah. Um, and you also don't want to re write the same code, right? Yeah. Collect, adds files, sends files, download files, uploads files. But the new transfer app does exactly the same. So the biggest challenge we, uh, we had over the four and a half years, I think, started this year by making all our code reusable, by nice. moving it into so-called uh, Swift packages, using Swift Package Manager, setting up a whole modular system, um, separated into like a content kit, a receiving kit, yeah. uh, all those kind of packages that are reusable. Okay. Is the, is the mobile ecosystem continuing to develop, you know, helping you build better functionality and do funkier things, if you like, within the mobile space? It, it seems like it is developing with reusability, et cetera. Yeah, absolutely. I, um, I started developing apps in 2009, I think. It was iOS 4. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, it, it was a whole different time compared to, to what it is today. And um, that's because of tooling as well as because of languages. You know, yeah. Swift arrived as a replacement for Objective-C, yeah. whereas we also got Swift UI as a declarative language and a replacement of UI kit views. Um, and what it, what it means in terms of development is that uh, Xcode provides us now a way to visualize views without building the application. Okay. So the, the the productivity is going way up because you suddenly directly get feedback on what you're building. Okay, um, That's a big improvement, as well as the Swift packages that I mentioned before. Um, at first, we were using a tool called CocoaPods, which is like an externally developed third-party uh, tool to, to manage those packages, you know. Um, Today, we're, we, we can actually use it in Xcode, the, the environment which we use to build apps, uh, integrated as developed by Apple. So we, we got way more first-party tools, um, and, and it's only getting started. We also get Xcode Cloud, which is currently in beta as a CI replacement. Uh, yep. You could see it as Travis or Bitrise. Um, you know, it, it, I think Apple is really conscious that it needs to build a better development environment for yeah, uh, mobile engineers as it will make it easier to develop apps, which okay. obviously results in better apps and more apps. Hundred uh, percent. Apps are obviously the 
we're going off piece slightly, but apps are obviously the prominent thing right now as to, you know, how we absorb all of our content as users at scale, right? Uh, what what do you think is happening in the mobile space or, or that ecosystem collectively that, let's just say, uh, others in engineering might not understand, comprehend, or appreciate? So... I think more and more companies realize how important it is to be um, available as an application. If yeah. You know what I mean? And there, there's always, you know, you know, this is quite a broad topic. You can, you can look at it in many ways, but I feel like lately, if you want to uh, create an ID, it needs to solve time instead of solve a problem because all the problems are kind of solved. And solving time is easy with an app because it's at hand, right? You got your mobile phone right here. And to solve that is by creating an app where yep. many companies think like, let's create a web app. So we're much faster available on mobile. And, yep. uh, you know, I don't want to go that route completely, but then often you come back to that decision and you want to create a native application. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think the general answer is that, you know, you need to be available on mobile if you are a serious product company in many ways. A thousand percent. A thousand percent. So talk to us a little bit about Swift UI then. So that introduction to obviously using that suite, if you like, uh, help us understand the decision making behind that. You've obviously given it some pros, what it can replace, but just help us understand that. You know, if people were making that decision right now, listening, just give us some of that detail. Yeah, it, it, it's quite a big decision, right? You, you're building apps, at least in our case, we were building apps for two or three years with UIKit. And then suddenly there is a big new product launching uh, to develop UI with called SwiftUI. Um, there's a learning curve to it. Uh, it's yeah. not stable. At least it was uh, introduced in iOS 13 and the first four iOS versions were really unstable and you couldn't really rely on it. Um, on top of that, Many features didn't even exist in SwiftUI. So there, there was a certain decision-making to it where you couldn't just build everything in SwiftUI because it was simply not possible. Yeah. Um, or it would return uh, the classic 80-20% story where you know the first 80% goes really fast, uh, but then you want to do the details and that's like 20% yeah. of your time that takes the, the, the longest time of development. Yeah. So what we decided at the moment of adopting it, it, it was quite fast. You know, we, we always try to stay on top of uh, latest technologies to, just because, you know, in a few years, it will be the main technology. And yeah. if you don't start adopting it today, yeah. you'll be behind pretty soon. So what we, what we did as we transferred as a tryout, we replaced the introduction screen. And uh, for app versions that didn't support iOS 13, we would just fall back to the old introduction screens, yeah. which was kind of a nice way to um, try it out as a team. Like how fast do we develop? Can we develop the things that we want to develop? Um, what What is it for us? Does it work the way we expect it to work? Um, and yeah, it, it turned out that, you know, it gave us quite some insights that for simple screens, it was much faster and it kind of worked pretty nicely. Um, and fast forward to today, we're, we're at iOS 15 now. It's much more mature. So all the new fields that we develop, um, I think most of the fields in the new transfer app are all using SwiftUI simply because 
you know, you don't want to write legacy code today, right? If you yeah. write your views right now, not with Swift UI, you know, you want to revisit it in a few years. Yeah, nice. Okay, I'm I'm going to touch back on your previous point because you you make a really good point about being you know a, a native application or mobile application. If you want to be a serious product company, uh, how how do you think mobile should sit in and around you know engineering in uh, other areas? Let's just say, as in, let's just say back-end infrastructure, et cetera, because if you have users at scale, let's tie that to WeTransfer, you know, thousands of people will be file sharing. You need some smart engineering across both sides. So what what does that relationship look like? Are you embedded in, you know, let's just say feature teams or product teams, or is there a separate team and what does that relationship look like? Or should look like in your opinion yeah I, I think this this is totally dependent on how big your company is right um i think for for us at WeTrans, we were slowly moving towards where, where before we had like a mobile team just for collect now we have a mobile team for two apps mm-hmm. um but you know it would be very weird if i'm building like a login feature in collect and then we have another team for the transfer app yeah that's also building the login feature right so um, how it works for us because we're we're getting bigger and bigger. We get feature teams, like you mentioned, where um, you, you know you get like a, a, a bundle of knowledge that just knows best what to do and build it in into into the many apps. Where it's really important to set up the, both apps in a way that it's kind of known to each engineer. So uh, the development structure should be consistent. Nice. Though, if you look at a smaller company, I can totally see. Uh, that company having less engineers. So you need to make different decisions and that one engineer could be all, all over the place, right? So um, I, th- I think the ideal situation is to just make sure that you reuse knowledge as much as, much as possible in a way. Yeah, nice. Okay. Uh, talk to us a little bit about your community then. Uh, I'm, I'm keen to understand a little bit about your work, uh, your involvement in the community, maybe open sourcing, talking to people. Help us understand that and the work that you do. Yeah, to, to, to give some context for the ones that, that aren't aware of the Swift community. Um, I started blogging in 2015 and I really started serious blogging in 2018 where I started writing an article every week ever since. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got around 200 articles right now um, and people just know that I'm releasing a new article every week. Yeah. Um, and, and what it does by creating consistency is that you really create awareness in the community. People want to follow you because they know um, there's value in it because you'll deliver a new article next week as well. People ask me, like, why do you do it? But I feel like as an engineer, you need to stay on top of new features. You need to uh, get to understand how Swift UI works or, yeah. or how that new Swift technique works. And the way it works for me is that I dive into that topic and I write it down in an article. Yep. So it's kind of building up my own personal knowledge base. Uh, and, you know, I need to do that, but other engineers do that too. And I just make it a win-win by writing it down in an article. But yeah, the, the community is, is, is super active. There is a lot of open source uh, packages available. It's quite popular as well to open source frameworks. Um, there is lately some discussion about it because there are some people that, you know, 
they open source their application. Other people uh, copied that code and just released the same app under a different name, which is uh, kind of like a bad impression for for open sourcing code. Uh, yeah, it's quite rude to do so, but yeah, it happens. But yeah, in general, I would say the Swift community is very active, very helpful, open to uh, to to yeah answer any questions and and help people improve app development. Good. Okay. What well, what do you think's to come in? The, the mobile space or Swift space or iOS space, what, what do you see happening or what do you think the community needs? Let's say whether it is features, whether it is in the language itself. Yeah, the, the, the biggest frustration, I think, is build times. If you, if you look at the latest MacBook releases, the one thing iOS engineers were looking at were benchmarks, you know, uh, there, there are open source repositories with a certain Xcode project, which you can check out and then build on your machine and add it to a certain benchmark table where you can see all the build times. The problem is um, many big projects, clean builds take about one minute. You know, that's quite a lot of time. Okay. So imagine, uh, you know, in web development, you, you change something and it works right most yeah. of the time. And uh, the turnaround is much, much quicker. Um, Imagine that works too for uh, app development. That would be a big, big productivity improvement. So, um, you know, I, I always answer this question, like, what do you want? At, build uh, times. Next, the, yeah, build time improvements. Yeah. Okay. When could that change? Or or how does that change actually happen? For someone doesn't know maybe what happens behind open sourcing or introduction to new features in languages, how does that change actually take place? Is it listening to the community and implementing it? Or is it just a case of there are there are bounds to what the language can do because it probably ties in with other things that it, it does do well? Yeah, I mean, it's mostly the, the Swift compiler. So to, to give you a bit of history, right? Um, we had Objective-C back in the days, which was just super fast. You press build and it, it, in, in my memories, it was... Basically, instance, uh, instant. I think it's different, but you know, let, let's take that as an example. Um, then Swift was introduced, where at first we didn't even have incremental building, right? So, the first version of Swift, the bigger your project got, the slower build times got, and you know, you were often just writing features without building in the meantime, and just build once and hope that it all worked. Um, that improved over years, but I feel like you know, every time we gain uh, build performance. Then Swift becomes more complex and build performance okay. goes a bit down again. Um, but yeah, Swift is a young language, right? So it was introduced in 2014, if I remember correctly, okay. which is super young. Um, it got many, many great techniques we used for many different languages. Um, but yeah, they're, they're also still inventing themselves. Um, but yeah, how, how does it work? When, when do we get updates? So Xcode is, is updated regularly. Um, but the biggest improvements take place at WWDC, the worldwide conference of uh, of Apple, where they release a major version of Xcode, and that often contains uh, a section in build times have been improved two times faster build times, and uh, yeah, that's often uh, the moment that the, the so-called uh, sheeps in the audience start uh, clapping a lot. Do they? Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I appreciate it's. Um... It's a different OS. It's a different ecosystem in itself. Are, are there a lot of 
challenges in the Android space that you're aware of that are quite similar in terms of build times? Is there is there quite a lot of crossover between the two environments or is there a lot that you're unaware of that you probably can't have too much of an opinion on? Well, the, the last thing I remember in this regards is that I saw build times on, on CI for Android being much, much, much faster. Were they? Um, yeah, but I, I've got no clue about the technical details in that, in that regard. But what I do know is like we have Swift UI and Android has uh, Jetpack Compose, right? So they're um, also working on what's like a, uh, a new way of building UI. Um, they have Kotlin, which is their new language, yeah. uh, where we, we have Swift. Uh, and it's quite popular to look at like how is Android compared to iOS, right? Because in a way, it's kind of odd that we build the same app twice. We have two development teams for kind of like the same outcoming product, but it yeah. just looks a bit different. So um, yeah, there's a lot of value in looking at like, how can we share code, you know, like Kotlin for Swift or Swift for Kotlin? Uh, how do we make like a business layer that can work with, with both languages? Um, yeah, I think, I think that's going to be a big topic in the upcoming years where... Do you? We will be able to uh, to share code uh, between uh, platforms more. Do, do you think there will be? Do, do, yeah, they're already uh, working on it. Yeah, yeah, and, and not even only between Android and iOS, right? So there's there's uh, Swift Assembly, if I recall it correctly, for building uh, web applications with Swift. Okay. Uh, there's Swift Swift on the server, which is being adopted by some bigger companies as well. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I think there's uh, Amazon is supporting it quite a bit. Um, there, there are just qu- quite some things going on in that space, and it's young, so it's not mature yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with latest Swift release um, introducing async await, which is quite a big release for Swift on the server, you know, slowly but slowly, um, these services become better. And if you think about it, I think Chris Latner, the the main developer behind Swift, uh, yeah. world, world domination is what he said. And uh, yeah, if you if you think about it, Swift is becoming more and more mature and, and available on multiple platforms. Uh, maybe in the future, we will only develop products with Swift. Okay. So that, that's quite an interesting move. So um, Swift, Swift Assembly, I don't know if there's actually a name for Swift for server. Um, so Amazon have adopted some of that. Do you, do you think that's a smart move for companies, let's just say a startup, to adopt something like that? One environment where you run everything from, is that risk? I mean, it's, it's, it's a young language, right? It's, it's uh, heavily used in app development. On the server, it's becoming more and more popular. Okay. Um, but there was also IBM stepping out of it, which kind of like gave a bad impression to the community where it's not really fair because Swift on the server is really improving a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, if if we, as we transfer, had to decide whether we would build our server side code with Swift, we wouldn't do it because it's not mature yet. You know, yeah. it's a risk in many ways. So as a company, you wouldn't directly do it. But as a company like Amazon providing services, um, that's not really that risk, uh, yeah. if you know what I mean. So I think it depends a bit, but 
think about the advantage, right? Um, if you were to be a small company and you can build your uh, your app with Swift and you can build your server with Swift, if, if you have an iOS app only or maybe a Mac app uh, on the side of it, you only have uh, one language to maintain, a Swift language. Yeah. So you only have to hire on one uh, language. You, you build up knowledge in a team that you can share across multiple platforms in your backend team and your frontend team. Maybe when the backender is on a holiday, the frontender, which normally does app development, can still do backend work because it's yep. Swift. Um, and maybe there's not even a backender in anymore. Maybe there's a feature That's team a that point. does both backend and frontend. That's a very um, good point. Yeah, it could be super interesting what that what that brings. But yeah, it, it's a battle whether it will be Swift. Maybe it will be Kotlin. I'm not sure. Uh, you know, I'm not as aware of how Kotlin improves as uh, as I am with Swift. But yeah, yeah it's okay. an interesting move. Well, the the hiring part, you make you make a good point because I think hiring in the mobile space. You know, we talk about the relatively new nature that. Swift, if you want to double down on the language, it is to hire for, or if you look at engineering concepts or how people approach problems. I'd be quite interested to understand your thoughts around hiring and maybe what you optimize for when looking at you know engineers coming into your team. We can talk a little bit about if we transfer a hiring and what you're hiring for, but that, that would be useful to understand what you look for. Yeah, that's that's a good question, right? Hiring is all, always very difficult in many ways. How do you determine whether somebody is good enough? Uh, somebody fitting in the team, um, you, you know, and it, it's a super heated market, especially if you look at the past years with with COVID. You know, um, th there's no location bounding anymore. So yeah, the the salaries that you used to get only in in, in the states, for example suddenly are available everywhere, which means that the market is even more heated. Yeah. Um, so that it, would that mean that you suddenly need to hire somebody that might not ha have been going through uh, before, but now there's no big batch of, of engineers, so you, you're a bit more easy. Um, yeah, if, if I look at WeTransfer, we've been hiring iOS devs lately quite a bit. Um, there's a big value into being active in the community because many people came, came through through uh, swiftly through my blog, which helped a lot. Um, but it doesn't mean that we have quite an important process in place where we, you know, we, we don't do like code challenges intensively. We really try to test the person uh, based on what we think he needs to do. Okay. You know, there's no need to do a difficult coding task if you're not going to do it in your day-to-day -day job, right? Yeah. Um, for us, it's much more important to get to know the person by character. Like, um, is he speaking out loud? Is he telling what he's doing? Is he aware that he's not good at a certain skill, um, which tells that he, you know, if he's aware, he's he's able to improve. Um, and you know, I, I like to recall once uh, my manager said once uh, we're trying to look for a six that's possibly becoming an eight, right? So. We're looking for that potential, and um, if it's uh, a person that fits in our team, then that's already like two steps uh, towards the right direction. Self-awareness, I think, is is the bit that I pick up on there that I think is really important that I see across. It, I, I see across engineering as a whole. Uh, I don't play too much in the mobile space, but across. Uh, 
let's just say back end infra front end i think there is there or there are a lot of companies and people that um, optimize for a specific language but i think if you actually take a step back and I've, I've said this a couple of times on the pod if you take a step back and look at uh, problem solving capabilities if you maybe go through a system design of something that is in your stack that is a challenge that you're currently facing i.e the day-to-day or the self-awareness part of maybe running through that system design saying I'm not strong at this. I don't know this. I think that's probably a lot more valuable, or I see that more now being a lot more valuable than um, someone coming in acing things technically, uh, because everyone is probably looking to hire those people. It becomes a lot more competitive at that technical, let's just say 90 to 100%, rather than the let's just use your 60% to 80%, but that self-awareness, that humbleness, I think that's really, really, really important right now that a lot of people are looking at. Yeah, absolutely. And in general, right, like being being honest in the team, being self-aware, those are super important skills. Um, Yesterday, I had a pair programming session with one of my colleagues and um, he, he needed to get answers to, to continue in his, in his task, right? And I told him, honestly, like, you know, I'm, I'm not the person to do pair pro- programming because it's valuable time to me. Um, so let's get to the point. I'll give you the pointers you need to move on instead of moving the code that you will do either way where I'm looking at, you know, like that's valuable time that you take away from me. Yeah. Um, but being, being honest at that point, telling him that how I feel about it instead of just um, accepting that he does it there, you need to spend more time in that that pair programming session um i think that's that's super important to get to know each other and get better in in working together in a team nice good before we wrap up um, just as a double down swift ui you've obviously introduced it you're obviously very happy with it Uh, just as a pure reminder for mobile teams mobile engineers looking to introduce new technologies and the strengths that it gives you just double down on some of those points again as a refresher yeah i think the most important part is that you want to prevent your code becoming legacy today already by using UIKit instead of swift ui i think for for hiring it helps as well because you know you're using the newest technologies which is always super interesting for new engineers um and yeah, why why not move with the newest features and and yeah benefit from what it brings? You know, it it gives you what you see is what you get with a real uh, a real time editor showing the views without having to build. You know, there's many advantages there, and you don't have to write all your views or rewrite all your views today. You can do it progressively if you want. Good, and and get these build times down as well. <laughs> I really hope so, yeah. (laughs) Okay. Um, It it would be really good to keep tabs on how Swift evolves as a language. I've I've learned that today, uh, a little bit more on Swift Assembly, Swift for Server. I don't know if there's actually a name for that. Um, But it will be be really interesting to see how that evolves. I can see how that will be attractive, like you say, for startups. So I'm going to keep an eye on that and see where we move in that space. 
you're talking about we transfer your hiring engineers at the moment do you, do you want to give us a, an idea as to what you're hiring for maybe a hiring process because people listening they're going to be interested or might be interested in we transfer might use your product might use collect before so just give us an idea on what you're hiring for we'll have some links below so people can check this out and we'll have your blog below as well hopefully get you some more views on that but just give us some visibility on um on what you're hiring for awesome yeah yeah i mean we're hiring on, on many places right so uh, there's obviously not only swift engineers listening to us right now i think um but yeah for the ios team we only have one position left so you better be fast to, to, to grab that if you want to work with me on uh, on the latest technologies on app development um but yeah we we hire backenders frontenders um, designers as well you know m- many different uh, uh positions and you know i can't tell you what we're working on at we transfer but I can tell you that it's going to be an exciting time, uh, what we're going to deliver soon. So, um, yeah, there's no better time than joining today. Love it. For everyone listening, get following Antoine. Blog's below. Uh, He's given you a little bit of an insight into his journey over the last four or five years, introduction of Collect uh, already being in play and how they've moved some of their stack to Swift UI. Strengths of Swift UI as well. Um, hopefully we've got some cross sharing to come with Android and Kotlin. I think that'd be quite nice. Let's get the build times down. And it, it's been an absolute pleasure. Hopefully we can get some more people orbiting your your community and hopefully we get you some new joiners as well. But thanks for coming to share about WeTransfer and all the good work that you guys are doing. Yeah, thanks for inviting me over. This was a super fun chat. Looking forward to do it again in four years and talk about the better build times we have. (laughs) Yeah, let's roll on a year. I'll give you a call. Sounds good. Sounds good. Looking forward. Thanks, mate. I'll see you soon. See you soon. Hey, guys. Thanks for watching this episode. Uh, Massively appreciate you listening and checking in with us. If you want to find out more about us and what we're doing, please check us out on social media. What we're trying to do at Engineers is build a community to drive knowledge, sharing and experiences. On Twitter, we can be found at engineers.io. It's no underscore. We've also got a website, which is engineers.io. These links will all be posted in the description. Any feedback and comments are massively appreciated. We're always looking to improve on where we can. Thanks, guys.